0: Just because you read it on Wikipedia doesn't make it true. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zulkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. Some runaway mules, a distracted crowd, and an irritated vaudeville musical act. How did America's most famous family of comedians get their start in the oldest town in Texas? This week we talk about Nacogdoches and the birth of the Marx Brothers. But first, who's your favorite Texas comedian? Well, I'm going to go with Bill Hicks. He wasn't actually born in Texas,
1: but he was raised here. And being a Texan and being from Texas really informed his uh, comedy, his, his offbeat and often controversial comedy. So uh, uh, I love the guy. He was uh, died
0: too soon. Way ahead of his time. Well, my guy's not dead. It's Steve Martin. And you can find him on Facebook. And you can take his master class in comedy. So there you go. No, Steve's wow. a funny guy. He's made some great films. And, uh, you know, kind know. of an icon of uh, Saturday Night Live. So go, Steve. He might, uh, might be too wild and crazy for me
1: certainly too wild and crazy for waco where he was born
2: (laughs) well uh i'm gonna have to choose as my answer to this question uh carol burnett um there were many joyous evenings spent sitting on the couch with my family uh (laughs) watching the carol burnett show and uh i just love the fact that uh, she's from texas waiting to see who'd crack first. Yeah, extremely funny, <laughs> extremely funny woman.
0: Great lady. Yeah, generally, it was Harvey Corbin. There are some pretty amazing turning points that occurred in Texas, but few are as strange or unlikely as one caused by a runaway mule in Nacogdoches in the first years of the 20th century. It was the moment that a forgettable touring vaudeville act first transformed themselves into one of the greatest comedy troupes of all time. Yes, the Marx Brothers were born in Texas. Well, they actually weren't born
1: in Texas. The Marx Brothers themselves were all born in New York City. They were the sons of Jewish immigrants from Germany and France. There were five sons, Leonard, Adolph, Julius, Milton, and Herbert, and they would eventually get into show business, which was an avocation they picked up from their mother, who came from a family of fairground performers. They fell into performing because their father, Sam, also known as Frenchy, because he was from Alsace, was, according to Julius, a terrible tailor who lost every customer he ever had. Their mother, Minnie, got the boys involved in vaudeville, thanks to her brother, a performer named Al Sheen. Now, Leonard, the oldest, who's a talented pianist, signed on with his uncle while Julius, Adolph, and Milton learned the business the hard way, which is living hard, traveling, and getting ripped off wherever
2: they went. By the turn of the century, Julius, Julius Adolph Milton and a young woman named Janie O'Reilly were part of a group known as the Four Nightingales, which became the six mascots with the addition of Minnie and her sister Hannah. They were touring the country, though how much success they had uh, can be debated. Adolph was a brilliant multi-instrumentalist, but couldn't sing. Julius was a poor singer, Milton had a stutter, and Minnie and her sister were playing ingenues well into their 50s. Historians can't quite agree which version of this act was booked at the Nacogdoches Opera House or what year that it was booked, whether it was 1907, 1910, or 1912, or even as late as 1917. The family did perform in Texas four times during those years, so it could be any one of those performances. But they all clearly agree
0: that the story that took place, whenever exactly it happened, is absolutely true. The Opera House was built in downtown Nacogdoches in 1889. Of course, we know the rich history of this, the oldest town in Texas, but downtown is about a mile and a half from the old stone fort where Hayden Edwards famously launched the Fredonia Revolt against the Mexican government, and the downtown area was supposed to show the old town as a new, modern center for the Gilded Age. The two-story opera house was built to induce theatrical companies to stop over between engagements in Shreveport and Houston. The ticket office was on the ground floor, and a grand staircase led to the theater on the second floor. In the front of the building was an open gallery over the sidewalk where theater goers would congregate during intermissions and look out over the street. Of course, Texas in 1912 still had a bit of a frontier character left in it, even at this very fancy opera house. By most
1: accounts, it was 1912 when they took the stage at the opera house on the summer evening as serious actors, musicians, and actors. There would be some light comedy, but it would be all very tasteful, normal, and boring. Apparently, the Texans in the audience were less than enthused by the act's classical music and dramatic readings. And in the middle of the performance, someone ran into the theater to shout, RUN AWAY! RUN AWAY!
2: A runaway mule was rampaging down the street in front of the theater. This must have seemed preferable to the entertainment on stage because the theater quickly emptied. Everyone went outside to see what the commotion was about. Some modern accounts have it that just one mule was on the loose in Nacogdoches that night, not a whole team. Old-timers, like the former district attorney Bob Murphy, always said it was a team of runaway mules that caused the commotion. At any rate, the mule or mules were eventually caught and the patrons returned to the theater because they'd paid their two bits, and they were going to finish the show,
0: even if it wasn't going to be as good as watching the mules. What they found, though, was a group of performers, especially Julius, who were none too pleased that they'd been upstayed by mules, singular or plural. The routine began again, but this time, rather than singing the words of the song, which are lost to history, Julius made up a little impromptu verse to express his feelings. The city of Nacogdoches is full of cockroaches. He then turned and called the audience damned Yankees and opined that, quote, the jackass is the state flower of Texas. The city of Nacogdoches is full of
1: cockroaches. (laughs) (laughs) Now, by most standards, you'd think that a couple of fellers from New York City would not be able to get away with insulting Texas or Texans. Julius's son, Arthur, wrote decades later that the boys fully expected to be tarred and feathered and ridden out of town on a rail. But
2: that's not what happened. If there's one thing Texans can generally appreciate, it's somebody who is ticked off and doesn't mind letting you know about it. Julius did just that, and the Nacogdoches audience loved it. Dallas columnist Frank X. Tolbert wrote of the incident many years later, Probably the Marxes didn't realize it then, but they were working a true vein of Texas humor. Julius, who was a mediocre singer, but in person had a razor-sharp wit, kept going with the Texas insults, and Adolph and Milton joined in on the barrage,
0: finishing to a standing ovation. Ironically, Julius only had trouble after the show. The brothers were still in Nacogdoches on Sunday, staying at the Rutland Hotel across the street from the Opera House. Julius was on the front porch with a group of guys playing a card game when the marshal showed up and arrested them for playing cards on Sunday. Julius later said, "...the way I played it, they shouldn't have allowed it on Saturday either." The upshot of the
1: Runaway Mule performance was that the Marx Brothers realized they were way better as a comedy act than as a musical one, and they completely retooled their show. Tolbert wrote, quote, other Texas theater managers heard of the hit the Marx Brothers made as impudent comedians, and the troupe got a raise to $75 a week as they moved on to Denison and Clarksville in the Red River. Initially, it was putting in funny insults into the lyrics of the songs they were singing, but soon they created skits where they could perform character work and get all
2: three out of singing. Julius developed a German-accented schoolteacher persona with a grease-paint mustache. During World War I, Julius dropped the German accent and turned his character into a sarcastic con artist appropriately named Groucho. Adolf played an Irish prop gag prankster with curly hair. He quickly dropped the accent and then stopped speaking altogether, becoming a master pantomime and using the nickname which he got from his favorite instrument, Harpo. Milton, who was known as Gummo, covered up his stutter by mostly dancing and playing the straight man, but his heart was never in performing, and he began working as an agent for the other boys. He was replaced by youngest brother Herbert, who played a cheery, handsome, waspish straight man named Zeppo. Finally, they added Leonard to their act. He'd already developed an outrageous stereotype, Italian immigrant character
0: named Chico. Wow. Gotta love the uh, racist stereotypes. (laughs) (laughs) With a first-rate pantomime and gag comic, a fantastic dialect comedian, a romantic light comic, and a brilliant insult artist, they combined all the comic genres popular at the time. But it stirred up into a mix that was nothing short of inspired anarchy. Within a short time, they were the most popular stage act in America, with W.C. Fields calling them, quote, the one act I could never follow. Of course, their humor wasn't a fit for silent film, but with
1: the coming of sound talkies, it wasn't long before they were able to finally make it to the silver screen. In 1929, their first film, The Cocoa Nuts, was released, and all told, they made 14 movies together. Groucho later became an early television star as the host of You Bet Your Life and later was a popular guest on Variety and talk shows, keeping his razor wit sharp until his death in 1977. Harpo and Chico continued to perform together on stage and in special appearances on television until their deaths in the early 60s. Gummo and Zeppo both had successful careers in talent management and manufacturing. Zeppo actually helped manufacture
2: the atomic bomb and became a millionaire. The Nacogdoches Opera House, complete with a historical marker celebrating its role in the history of American comedy, is still there and now an art gallery. The little Texas town that changed his life seemed to stick with Groucho. The little Texas town that changed his life seemed to stick with Groucho. Now and then on his quiz show, You Bet Your Life, something would remind him of Nacogdoches, which usually also reminded him of roaches. Funny how those go together.
0: (laughs) No, no offense to Nacogdoches, just the the funny joke. Oh, no. But, of course, there's also Duck Soup, their greatest comedy film, where Groucho Rufus T. Firefly, leader of the fictional Republic of Fredonia... Hail, hail Fredonia, land of the brave and free. Yes, thank you, Sean. There's no evidence that Groucho knew about the real Fredonia, but it is a fact that Fredonia Street intersects Main Street just a few blocks from the Opera House. It would be nice to think that his... Groucho stared out grumpily at the crowd gawking at the runaway mule, or mules, or as he walked around after the show, thinking about just how well his insult barrage had gone. Some part of him might have noted that odd name for a street and stored it somewhere in his brain. But whatever the case, it's for certain that if it hadn't been for those runaway Texas mules, who knows if we would ever have seen the true brilliance of the Marx Brothers and their racist comedy. It's not really that racist. I know. It's well, just like if you said today, well, we're casting us. Okay, what do we mean? Hmm. We need a super over-the-top stereotypical Irishman. We need a th- Polak, a, an <laughs> Italian, an
2: Irishman. Well, the irony maybe, is that— Maybe a Chinaman.
1: Yeah. Oh, the irony is that without oh, their makeup, God. the the—, the- brothers all looked almost exactly alike and you know they, they were they were jewish kids from new york city and they they all had a, a, a you know something of an accent similar to their their fathers that out of out of character but in character um, i mean chico's my favorite cuz chico just he's <laughs> He's just brilliant in in the the insanity and inanity of the things that he says you know, and it's it's all playing with language and dialect and and uh, Groucho is, is a was a fantastic insult comic and uh, you know who was great at, at cutting down people uh, in a in such a sly and in crazy way but when you get them all together and jumble them together the the movies are the movies that they did were anarchy so I can only imagine uh, uh, what the what the stage performances were, where they didn't have production boards and and uh, you, know, fil- you know the haze code to kind of restrain them, I can only imagine what <laughs> what Krusha would do with a drunken, surly audience.
2: Yeah, I um, I have to say it's one of the, I have many holes in my uh, movie movie viewing um, history and. Uh, one of them is that I've never actually watched any of the Marx Brothers movies. I've seen clips. Um, I've seen um, probably bits and pieces of um, "You Bet Your Life" with Groucho's. And "Duck Soup" is is
1: is is a great movie. I mean, it is it is it, you know, it's not polished. It's not slick. It's not you know, it's not particularly well edited. But it has just these great set piece routines that are. That are phenomenal. And and it has the famous scene where Harpo works the mirror, the mirror bit where he's 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 in the mirror with with Groucho. Uh, and that's really a, a great scene to show that they, they really did look like each other. So and if you've ever seen the episode of I Love Lucy, where he guest starred, they reenacted that bit. So, uh, you know, 30, 25 years later, they reenacted that bit. Yeah, so you know, it's just a nice little slice of Texas history that, that, that very few people you know, outside of Nacogdoches know about, and probably most people in Nacogdoches don't know about it. But uh, it, is a, it is a great slice of history, and it's a great, great slice of American culture that happened in, in Texas. Yeah.
0: Well, this is, again, this is the fun stuff I do in the podcast, I think, is when you find these kind of interesting little stories of, uh, mm-hmm. oh, wow, that happened in Texas. I had no idea. So this was one when when it got brought to us. I was just like, "Are you sure that's true?" Just because you read it on Wikipedia doesn't make it true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, it's several sources,
0: several sources
1: that are very clear on yes, this did happen. Now, it, it is funny though that that there's nobody's quite sure when it happened and which which version of the of the uh, the comedy troupe was there. But that, that's because you know in nineteen nineteen oh seven, nineteen ten, nineteen twelve, nineteen seventeen, they didn't have. You know, Set List
2: FM or uh, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, Wikipedia yeah. or IMDb. Or yeah. Well, and I'm sure at the time, no one thought, hey, this is an historical moment. We need to right. write down all the details of this thing that happened. It was just, you know, just another vaudeville show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: it's more accurate than the History Channel.
2: <laughs> when it well, comes to all things
1: Texas. The, to show you Groucho's, we had, even late in life, uh, you know, I mean, you bet your life, there was a woman on that had 12 children. And he said, uh, 12 children. How does that happen? And the lady said, Well, I love my husband. And she said, I love my cigar, but I take it out of my mouth every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a funny guy. <laughs> wow. wow. That you... was on
1: that was in nineteen fifty.
0: Well then I guess it's safe for safe television. for children's ears then. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. No oh, man and,
1: and and also the the very best you bet your life. Then it's not as Episode about You Bet Your Life, but the very best You Bet Your Life is the one that has Groucho Marx and Mo Howard. That one, talk about like brilliant brutal comedy. Uh, <laughs> those two talking about the being, you know, the history of vaudeville and and the, and
0: and and insults on people is just oh my gosh, Jesus. All right, well, I've got some homework. Sounds like you listeners out there have some homework too. Yeah. Go go watch, go watch Mark, some go watch some Marx Brothers.
1: Watch the early stuff. Don't watch the one with Marilyn Monroe. That was a cash in. The last just, movie they did. It was just a cash in. But
2: and just remember that it was thanks to one and possibly more than one <laughs> mule that, that uh, helped launch that uh, illustrious career. Right Make here that in Texas.
0: The official in, number of mules is lost to history,
2: but it but happened it right here. In Nacogdoches, Texas.
0: Yeah. It is truly, truly dangerous. Truly, truly dangerously close to Louisiana, too. (laughs) That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at BrainStaple.com. We'd love to hear from you. So like and share us on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to BrainStaple.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at HistoryPodcasters.com. And why not follow us individually, too? I'm on Twitter at MrJava. I'm Max Sean with two N's. And I'm Scotticus. You love this show? You like the sound of children's laughter. So, do your duty. Get out there, tell your friends, and please leave a review on iTunes, because that really helps us out to find listeners just like you. And if you'd like to support the show financially, please visit patreon.com slash texaspodcast, where you, too, can become a come-and-take-it Texas Ranger. Also, just get out there and uh, tell people you know, because they'd like to know about Texas. We hope you'll join us next time, and remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.